0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Ben Watson from Total Fit Brighton out of Brighton, UK, that's the United Kingdom, by the way, for all of my U.S. listeners out here. I appreciate you, Ben. What's going on? How are you doing today?
2: Hey, Alex. Great to be here.
1: Yes, everything's really
2: good. Excited for the podcast.
1: Yes, sir. I'm excited to have you on and I appreciate you you know, giving some of your time out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, what time is it over there in the UK? Just curious. It is 2.15, so a 5:15. lovely lull in the day to chat to you. There we go. Awesome, awesome. Six a.m. for me over here. Oh wow. Um, oh, sorry yeah, no, about that. No, 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 no worries. We'll be quick I, and you I can just, go back to bed. <laughs> no, I just had a daughter um a year and a half ago actually, and she wakes up super early. So now at this point in my life, I have to wake up at four a.m. if I want to be productive or beat her awake. Um, so no I've been up for a while now. But, okay, uh, but- yeah, let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with opening your own fitness facility?
2: Um, how did I get started? A long, yeah, pretty long story. So I was um, at the University of Sussex studying international development. Okay. And I got the opportunity to go set up a gym off the coast of Yemen, between Yemen and Somalia, as a, as a kind of development project. And I did it. And it was made a little YouTube clip. It was awesome um, building a sustainable business out there and this total fit this organization got in contact after they saw it and were like hey we do holistic coaching um we see that you set up a gym here would you be interested in you know working with us and at the time I was studying international development and I was like I thought fitness was kind of just like a hobby um because I love training um but didn't have any qualifications And so what I did, I kind of pivoted and I wrote my thesis on the role of physical leisure time in health and then started doing all my qualifications, you know, my strength and conditioning, my personal training and spent some time with them working overseas in China, Ethiopia, training coaches, and then had the idea of like, what would it look like to use this new holistic training model in a gym? Um, And so we set up Total Fit Brian in Brighton.
1: There we go. I love it. So it was very natural progression for you, correct? You were going to college, to university, um, and then you ended up starting your own gym in Yemen, helping someone start a gym, and now you have your own Total Fit in Brighton.
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: Awesome, awesome. So so I would love for you to give your own elevator pitch of Total Fit Brighton and the services that you guys offer.
2: Okay, so we at Total Fit Brighton, we focus on getting results and we do that through small group training, PT, nutrition, and online coaching. And we just, all of that, caveated, we do. We believe in holistic training. So we believe that you've got to be fit in your body, your mind, and your spirit in order to be happy.
1: I love it. So, so you guys are doing private training, some semi-private. You even do some nutrition online. And this is all very holistic-based. How
2: many members are you currently serving right now? So we have um, just over 100 members. Um, so it's a nice little community. Um, there you go. Yeah, and that's where we're sitting at the moment. There we go. And, and how big is your is the actual facility? So it's not massive. So it's about 100, but two spaces. So a little small group class area and then a one-to-one studio as well. Um, so just floor space about toilets and hallways and stuff. I think it's like 160 meters squared.
1: 160 meters. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I do always like to ask, so you are sitting at a hundred members right now. Is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces?
2: Yeah. So we hit the, we pushed up to hundred. It was a big, like it was like a target to get to. Okay. Um, but we find our ceiling is now just a staffing issue, you know, developing the staff to be able to coach more hours. Um, so we know we work best when we could work on the business. I'm sure as many business owners know. Um, and right now we're doing a, a lot of coaching, which we love but it means we're plateauing. Um, so right. in order to grow, we need to develop some full-time staff other than me and my wife.
1: Yeah, no, no. And, and that's a very good observation of you because it's true, especially when you're training so much, right? You, you're talking to so many people face-to-face, it, it gets draining. Burnout is real, right? So, so when you look at training, staffing, what's like the the number one or maybe just a a list of couple of things that are really important to you for your staff to know, to train your staff
2: for. Yeah. So I think we take an approach where we're really, first of all, looking at character. So is the first of all, are they empathetic? You know, do they have that relational where they, you know, they care about people, they'll love the members that come through the door. Um, And that's number one. So I'll pick that over any degree in sports science or any personal training for qualification because I can do, I can train people. You know, in how to clean and jerk, or you know, how to yeah. do a handstand press up. But I can't teach them to be empathetic. You know, you can encourage them, but so that's the big character, 100% first, and then in our development of them, is just yeah, is that confidence? You know, to to deliver continually um, in how they deliver themselves, coaching um, their skills and everything that comes on that. So looking for character and then training them in whatever areas weaker. Um, so normally that's just experiencing coaching really so you know shadowing them and just helping them be the best they can be.
1: Okay. Okay. And, and what's the plan for you and the wife let's say you do get you know a couple more coaches in tomorrow are you guys planning on still growing the business do you want to start a second location do you have other things you're working on?
2: Yeah, so me and my love my, my my wife uh, we love you know competing in crossfit and stuff so until kick the bucket. So we're like 20, 26 now. So for a couple more years, you know, enjoy pushing ourselves physically and then also relaunch um, back into the media side. So relaunch our podcast and stuff like that um, and push that. And then also build help other gyms, you know, in terms of this has been like a real um, flagship in terms of how do you do whole life coaching in a group setting? You know, it's often happens one-to-one, but does it work? in small groups and yeah we found that it does so now it's helping other gyms do the same thing so like Definitely. consulting
1: and, and yeah. something that um that i noticed as well you know just after talking with so many gym owners noticing a lot of them try to push more into that holistic small group type of training so really smart for you guys to do that um let's see so so you barely started a couple years ago here right before covid so it's kind of been an uphill growth for you from then what type of things were you doing to aid that growth process to get some new members coming in through the door
2: um well to be honest Alex we probably did everything wrong at the beginning no um so everyone at the does. beginning everyone does yeah so you have a <laughs> price is too low um you're yeah. going to the wrong clients it's yeah um so a big thing we just kept hustling at the beginning you know you online like I come from a rugby background I don't know if you have that in America. Um, so coaching is kind of like the better version of American football. Um, so, <laughs> we could debate on
1: that one. Yeah, we could
2: debate. Maybe that'll be another podcast. Um, and so we were coaching rugby, so doing their, like, strength and conditioning. And so when lockdown hit, we lost all the university athletes, but there was no sport. Um, and so we pivoted to kind of, like, group coaching, so, like, health instead of performance, and we kind of had to build up the market you know our, our clients from there and so it was a case of being you know in person then you went with a lockdown back online in person back online um, and it just helped us we grew we did zoom classes so we had like everyone to home a kettlebell online and we just grew from there and then what really helped us grow was we we got a little bit of funding from the university and we put it into a marketing company who trade us in sales because the big thing we just didn't know how to sell. Yeah. Like you know, someone would call me and I'll be like, "Do um, uh, you want to join?" Like these are the money, like prices, and they taught us how to sell and how to know our value, and that was a game changer. Yeah. So that was a big boom. We started to know how to sell and how to you know to convert our leads that were coming in, mm-hmm. um, and that took us far. And then we got we got some more money as we kept growing, and we invested that in another mentorship program. And that just in terms of systems building, saving us from making so many mistakes, because there's no point making your own mistakes when someone's made them already. Right. Um, and that is how we were just able to really push quite quickly from 50 to 100 members. Um, and yeah, and focus on our target market and know our avatar um, and be clear with our value and what we offer. And so, yeah, so that's been a, a big journey.
1: Yeah. And and so you are sitting at, and I I like your perspective on sales too, right? A a lot of gym owners don't real, or they have a bad stigma towards sales, right? Or being too Mm -hmm. salesy. But it takes a second to realize, or maybe it's a hard pill to swallow when you have to realize you have to be good at sales, right? As a gym owner. And part of changing people's lives is being able to sell them into your program. Um, So, so it's a weird correlation, but, but so you are sitting at 100 members right now. What's been like the, the main driver to get those members for you? Has it been more of word of mouth? Have you guys done like radio ads, digital ads, Facebook ads?
2: Yeah, so we um, did a number of different things in terms of – so we've had Facebook ads going, and okay. they've been great. And the main thing was just getting the correct, like, sales script. You know, so phoning leads when they come in immediately – getting them in for consultation, um, finally making sure they turn up for their consultation and making that consultation into a sale. Um, And so just being very focused on a help first basis. Of course, if you're not a good fit, then you point them in a different direction. But we're here to help people get fit. And when you know that you can, then you don't, people don't, unless there's a really good reason they should be joining and signing up because you're the best bet to get them from A to B. Um, So it's quite freeing on that sense. So yeah, so we've been focused on Facebook marketing um, and then we really push for referrals. We do like goal setting sessions with every member um, and we just encourage if there's anyone else we can help out with. um, Cause at the end of the day, if you are hoping that we're producing results for our members that they wanna bring their friends. So we just openly actively encourage them to do that.
1: Okay. Okay. And so you run ads on Facebook, right? So you run in the actual business manner, like business manager, sorry, Facebook yes. ad campaign. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. What type of just curious here, um, especially in the UK, right? What type of offers do you guys run, front facing offers? And you don't have to be a hundred percent transparent, yeah, yeah. right? But but just a yeah, general I, sense.
2: I think this was one thing that I really had to overcome. Because I just didn't like, I did not like the sales things at the beginning, but I had to understand that you're not, you know, you're offering people, you respond to getting results, not what you do in terms of that. So in terms of, so we do some video stuff um, occasionally in terms of uh, like, you know, six week transformations um, or, you know, an on ramp or Kickstarters just to get people in because, You're not asking people to marry you on your first date. You know, you just want to encourage them to come in um, and have a go. And another thing is just free, no sweat intros. So literally just a consultation for people to come in and for you to chat and to see if you can help them out. Um, So, yes, that's been a big thing. So just transformations, kickstarters, you know, short term things, offers that are not too too overwhelming in terms of commitment. There you go.
1: There you go. And and so what does your process kind of look like here for when you do get an interested lead? Let's say it is myself, right? I, I see you guys on Facebook, on Instagram, walking through the door. What's your process to turning me into a paid member?
2: Yeah, so it depends if it's a cold lead or, you know, a hot lead in terms of it. So if it's someone, you know, if it's a referral or Facebook, take Facebook, for example, there's a lack of They just see you, you they see a funnel or literally fill in some details. They have the least trust in us. You know, they don't know. They might have like looked at our Google reviews or checked our website. So we want to give them as much trust as possible. So we shoot them, have some emails that go out in terms of just letting them know who we are, some of our member feedback so they can get a bit of an idea and build trust between them and a rapport. We have a text that goes out, um, letting them know if they've got any questions or anything and then some reminders in terms of reminding them to come to their appointment and then we drop them a call as well um to say like hey alex really looking forward to seeing you tomorrow um do you know exactly where we are great right. i'll just be outside and then just can I confirm that there's nothing going to stop you from getting from meeting me tomorrow because I've got a really busy schedule and they're like no so they'll come um so yeah just building that rapport because in the end of the day there's so much tech stuff, they just see you as a robot. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. trying to break that down and be like, no, it's make it more relational um, in that process.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: definitely. And then, yeah,
2: and then into consultation, chat, find out exactly what is the need there, You know, what has stopped them getting to where they wanna to get to. And then can we play a role as a gym in helping fill that need and taking away that problem? And if we can, great, let's get going. If we can't, then these are some other solutions outside of the gym.
1: Yeah. And, and I like your perspective on that. I always tell people that as business owners in the fitness industry, we don't necessarily sell fitness, right? We more so sell a lifestyle. We sell results. Yeah. We sell a route to reach your goals. Yeah. Um, so, so it is interesting seeing that as well. Do you guys, let's see, do you have like your, your lead nurture automated? at your gym or
2: is that something that yeah. you're sending yourself those yeah phones? we use a really good system called gym lead machine and it's got every you know it's a whole crm um so that's really helpful there you go there you go Cause otherwise it was you... just crazy at the beginning you know you just got spreadsheets and text messages going everywhere
1: yeah <laughs> and are you focused or is it part of your focus to teach your other coaches how to sell or how to take part in the sales process
2: yeah so they're trained up um, in this, in the sales process. So, we, our three coaches that worked for longer have been trained up in their sales process. Yeah. There we go. Just so that when we're away, the business, you know, it wants to run on its own. So that when we're, if we on holiday or go to a conference, they can keep bringing new members in.
1: Okay. And, and I think that's important for you and the wife here, you know, getting this business to a point to where it kind of runs on its own like a well oiled machine, right? What are some of those boxes? that you have to check off personally so that you could get to that point of being able to take a step away from the business?
2: I think, yeah. So getting obviously the right people, you know, you've got to have that trust and there's there's certain people, um, they can handle responsibility uh, or they can be trained to handle responsibility. So getting them in and then knowing what's expected, having a clear laid out system, you know, what is expected in terms of once they know how to coach a class okay what's expected in terms of how the gym is left what's expected you know in terms of um the alarm in the system you can't expect anyone to know what's in your head as a business owner it needs to be laid out in like a playbook it's based like american football playbook so every step is laid out so they can go back to it um, and they know how to do it so when we were away one time there was a covid issue and they just went to the playbook. Oh, this is what happens when there's a COVID outbreak. Okay, cool. I don't need to text Ben. This is what we do. Um, so yeah, so getting that playbook in sorted with everything they could ever think of needing. You know, passwords, social media. How many things? Everyone's got a playbook um, to go by.
1: Awesome, awesome. And Ben, if you could wave. Let's say a magic wand here, right? Let's say a magic business wand, and have total fit being the exact position that you want it. What would that really look like to you?
2: Oh, what's total fit, Brighton?
1: Total so fit in, in general, though. Brighton, yes.
2: Um, have anything? I think, yeah, just. Or I guess, maybe, okay, okay, you know, it, in the next year. In the next, so I guess running that it's running, it's got great staff running in it that I can build there. I really love in, when i one of the reasons I set up business, I love like looking at history with like the Cadbury's factory and seeing how people looked after their workers. Mm. And so I'd love to be able to provide great living and wages for worker, you know, for my coaches so that they can have a career and they can be blessed to do what they want to do. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of, so it's well funded in terms of, so we're sitting at 130 members. I think with the average member revenue at 155 pounds per person okay. um, would be really nice in terms of that.
1: There you go, there you go. And what do you think is at least maybe some of the steps or the bottlenecks that's holding you from that point, from being able to pay your team the amount that you want, being able to make you know the amount of revenue
2: per customer that you want. Um, right now, it's literally just we've got the lead, everything coming in because we've got, not from myself, just from our mentors, you know, great systems coming in. Um, We just need the right full-time staff now because part-time staff have been amazing. Like we have amazing part-time staff, but you know, when they buy in for like four hours of coaching a week and that's it, and they don't have the flexibility with PTs, there's only so much we can grow. So we need really some people to come on board with the vision of what we're trying to do on a full-time basis. So that would be a big step. I know, it might sound a little step, but for us, in terms of how you manage full-time staff, other than my wife, but well, she she's the boss. She's the boss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of it, will be the big step. So yeah, so getting those full-time staff. Yeah,
1: and no, that's totally understandable. I mean, here in the U.S., no one wants to work. Is that are you having trouble hiring out there as well?
2: Um, not so much hi- hiring. Like there are people. I think it's just getting the right the, the right the right people you know the right people in the right seats um and so we've got two people lined up for september which is good so a general manager and a, and a coach we're hoping so we'll see if it all plays out
1: okay okay and, and ben so we know what you want for your business now right we know you obviously have a big care towards a holistic approach towards your members towards a team that you build here but what is it that you want from the business what do you want the business to give back to you and your family, you and your
2: wife? Um, Yeah, I think it's that, you know, that freedom is kind of like the last few years building the business. You do feel like a part of you, you had to sacrifice, you know, in terms of like, I used to, you know, do lots of adventures and different things. And there's a part of you that had to give that up to build something big, you know, just that long lasting consistency. It's like doing strength training, You know, you can't just go into the gym every other week to work on your deadlift. You need to be in there, you know, with the twice, you know, continually building it. And so I would like that freedom back in order to travel, in order to train um, and just a platform. I think it's an amazing platform. You know, you've got you've got members that hopefully, you know, you've built that rapport and that respect and now you can start building like a media, you know, like on, on a podcast in terms of speaking and developing them. You can, there's so many avenues. Once you've got a platform, you know, someone phoned me today who were interested in building, you know, some more, you know, like a total foot gym in London. You have a an authority to work from. So I think I'm looking forward to the next stage in terms of like the, the yeah, the more challenges, you know, what is outside there. Once I've got a small gym running What's the next thing? Like the new horizon. Like you've got financial backing now. If you want to do film, yeah, okay, you can use the sure. business assets to buy great cameras. um You've got that as before two years ago when I did a bit more film stuff or media. You know, you didn't paying for an air flight ticket was like, oh crap, how am I going to pay to the good US? As now it's like, oh, you've got this massive engine behind you yeah. that's just pushing you to the next venture, and so that's really exciting.
1: I love it. I love it. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode, Ben. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, Facebook, Instagram, anything, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym.
2: Yeah. So we're at totalfitbrighton.com. Total um, so you get us contact there and totalfitbrighton on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and you can just shoot us a message on there and i'll be in touch and yeah anytime you're interested in holistic training and want to work or you want a job um then get in contact and we would love to meet you
1: yes sir you guys make sure you check them out ben watson from total fit brighton out of brighton uk i appreciate you once again brother and to everyone who tuned in today we appreciate you as well As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
4: Hey guys, welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Mitchell Fisher of OPEC San Antonio in San Antonio, Texas. Texas, Mitchell, what's up, man?
5: Not much. Just having fun. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast.
4: Yeah, brother. Thank you for coming on, spending some time with us, especially on a Friday here. So uh, appreciate that, man. So OPEX, I do like the model. For those that don't know, uh, it's a uh, good model, especially for a trainer, especially those that are interested in like the educational side of coaching, right? Um, So before we get into the model, man, let's go back in time and talk about, you know, why you opened this gym, but more in essence, like what was your mindset from that business standpoint to go down this road and take this leap into entrepreneurship? Um, Honestly,
5: to stop worrying about revenues and corporatization of fitness and start worrying about how my clients were progressing and finding an economical model to not only do that for them uh, where they don't have to pay me thousand dollars a month and uh, create a better lifestyle for myself where I don't have to have 16 sessions in a day yeah. to train clientele um, that was the main reason to open business for myself and at, as you alluded to OPEX is very grounded in education every yeah. call that I'm on with the other coaches are all based on coaching not based on like how many numbers are you bringing in? What's the revenue? What's all that stuff? I came from that corporate world and kind of wanted to pull myself out of it sure, sure. Um, once Gold's Gym got purchased. Yeah,
4: yeah, man. No, I totally get that. And uh, yeah, like you said, it gives you some freedom of time, yes. focus on your clients, right? And kind of build them up. So yeah, I love that approach, man. Now with the OPEX model, I know we're usually looking for like a certain square footage as far as like the, the brick and mortar goes. Talk us through like the thought process behind how you picked your actual space
5: the location was the biggest thing for me i wanted to find a uh, spot off of a major highway Um, that was literally the only thing we went with with my tenant rep Um, and square footage had to be at least 1500 Um, but we found a space of 2000 square feet and the goal was to make it look like a functional fitness space but not like a crossfit gym Um, because i didn't want it to have that feel of um, everybody's working out on top of each other which i do enjoy those classes and stuff but to market the business in the right way you want to have like separate racks and stations so uh square feet was about the level i thought i could fit 10 to 12 clients in maximum at a time which would reach our capacity within five years so we can move on to a new spot
4: awesome yeah uh yeah appreciate that breakdown man location is still super important right with uh with the gym business so people can get to us easily. I think people drive like, well, like at the max seven miles from, from their home or work to come to the gym. So obviously super yeah. important. Now, Mitchell, for those that don't know, you know, obviously the model of our business is super important to be successful. Break us down like OPEX model um, for those listeners that don't know what you guys do.
5: Uh, yeah, it's individual design. So what that means is all of my uh, clients or all of my members are personal training clients of mine. Um, And they get to do their workout in a group setting and still get that camaraderie of a functional fitness uh, gym, like a CrossFit gym. Um, But they pay individually and they're individually designed. They come in with their workout loaded on our app, um, which is CoachRx, which is now our OPEX branded style of True Coach. Um, And they come in with that workout, write it down on the whiteboard, ask any questions, get the intent of the workout, put that whiteboard up at their station and get their workout done. Um, that allows us to do also check-ins periodically and create autonomous clients as the ultimate goal so if i have a bunch of autonomous clients able to execute their workout by themselves with a little bit of coach guidance i'm able to also check up on everybody monthly uh, for about an hour at a time to reassess their goals realign all their lifestyle and fitness uh, and get them to their goals much easier
4: yeah so you guys you guys are doing uh check-ins on, on a cadence with your clients in person face-to-face right yes yeah so that's uh, obviously good too for the retention piece which we'll get to here down the road but uh, building that client relationship in that one-on-one setting which is a lot easier than say a big group right so like yes. I think that's a big a big benefit now
5: every initial consultation is 90 minutes yeah uh, wow, getting, 90 minutes? wow yeah getting in depth uh, making sure we're covering lifestyle as well as exercise goals because yeah. um, most of the time when people are just tired and confused and they're just trying to hammer down a workout thinking it's going to improve everything but their sleep is not right their nutrition yeah. their hydration their you know we, we do blood analyzation with some clients to make sure that we're aligning yeah. with their doctor and that leads in to way better health through yeah. the entire workout yeah
4: yeah no yeah you guys definitely deep dive into all aspects of health not just the the working out piece which is which i think is great right like so With that being said, man, how are you able to market your your service to get more people in this door? How does that look so far in this first year of business?
5: Yeah, in the first year, uh, I plan to only use referral. Um, It does keep it a lot easier for me to get to know clients if I already know the person that referred them. Um, It's much easier to bring them into the model and say like, hey, you're going to sit down with me for 90 minutes when somebody they truly trust and they know um, brings them to me and like, okay, we can trust this guy and I'll give him my time. Um, And I'll give him my money eventually to uh, have him trained. But that's the the marketing strategy so far, which my factor of two is always a new client brings in two referrals. Uh, My goal is to sign one of those referrals up. Um, So It's a compounding interest that'll get me to about the 40 to 50 client mark. Um, At the 40 to 50 time, I'm going to reevaluate and see how much investment I can put into marketing um for more of programming coaches and other people sure. on my own staff
4: well so, yeah definitely focused on organic growth initially right word of mouth say referral piece is there any way you're able to like systematize the referral piece uh to make it even better i know you said you get like you get like uh trying to go two referrals per per client like incentivize it or systematize it you know what i'm saying and yeah i know it's make it even better yeah
5: yeah, a lot of what we talk about with OPEX um, in our coach meetings is you just do daily conversation. There's no yeah. email blast that I want to send out to sound like, a, you know, the corporate a-hole that's going to always push out and go like, hey, I need more money, need more people, need more money, need more yeah. people. It's always like, hey, you were talking about um, Sandy in your office, right, that she asked you about your workouts. How did that conversation go? And it just organically comes from that. Um, yeah. and. it, it, that doesn't sound like a true system, but it does slip from now on (laughs) time. And again, you forget to ask certain questions. And that's a big part of the systemization, systemization of bringing in more referrals is you just have to ask those questions and break down those walls to make sure they're having the conversations to bring you more referrals.
4: Yeah, no, makes sense. And, uh, yeah, super driven with that relationship building and, uh, helping that and keeping it organic, right. And real and authentic. And not being, like you said, you're coming from that corporate background or you've seen the corporate fitness side of things and yes. uh, the bad part of that, you know. Um, I, so. I've seen how
5: much it muddies the water with the conversation. Right. When you right. start somebody with, hey, you're going to get everything 50% off today. Yeah. That's what the conversation lends to versus, well, why are you actually here? And yeah. if I can get to that conversation of why we're actually here, what can I actually help you with? And it's not a conversation of price and the deal or the yeah. the special it's much easier to help people get to that starting point
4: sure yeah it makes sense for sure now with uh with youopex client that you're attracting mitchell what does that look like uh, is there a demographic it seems to be coming in an age group what is the person that, that you're attracting at this point in time
5: yeah my primary client is um 35 to 50 55 um okay. typically medical or military is my bread and butter uh, okay. we are a military town usa with an air force base and army oh. base um, okay. yeah in the city also, we have a huge medical center. Um, I, a lot of my referrals come from nursing and doctors that are in the healthcare field and have the um, money to spend on personal training as well. So I'm looking around to market to $100,000 households, established families. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah secondary client being more uh, males in the professional field, like sales, oh. um, corporate, that kind of stuff. They're sitting at the desks all day. They may be on their own business and then my tertiary client comes from sports like jujitsu, martial yeah. arts and stuff that I'm involved with involved yeah. With.
4: yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I like that man and uh, you know we're a little higher type, a little higher ticket price than say a CrossFit or an orange theory that sort of thing. So yeah. obviously yeah. great to know who we're attracting to so then we down the road when we do go to market inorganically, organically uh, it's a, a you aim at
5: everything you hit nothing exactly that's what I have for marketing yeah so if you're aiming directly at somebody yep. you're going to hit that target thousand
4: percent I love that I'm gonna steal that quote man that's good I like that so uh <laughs> yeah so we know we're getting people in the door kind of who are who our client is you know retention is a big part of this game obviously especially if we're not looking to get 5,000 clients in the door so over this first year man uh at all is every client staying are you seeing a, a trend to the life cycle of somebody what does the first year of retention look like for you with your clients
5: yeah. Retention percentage I track. I, I'm really obsessed with it coming from the nice. corporate side. Yeah, yeah. 97% has been Ooh. my retention. Yeah. Awesome. Um, the only clients I've lost have been due to distance and job changes. So um, one of them, I actually flipped into remote recently. So my percentage came back up. Um, so yeah, is uh, I was never willing to do remote, but for her, I will. But um, the retention piece is big as far as checking up on a monthly basis. And again, yeah. that daily conversation that happens with yeah. every workout
4: yeah now yeah conversation's big checking in so you're, you have remote just the one client are looking are you looking at grow that part of the business or just kind of here so, and there? yeah
5: I'm, I'm taking it at an experimental phase right yeah. now i have two family members um that live in other states that knew yeah. i'm that yeah, they know me as a resource for coaching so they're kind of my guinea pigs right right um, to check how i want to do that because i've been a one-on-one coach in person my whole career and i've never done remote So they're, they're going through that with my other client that's remote as well. But um, yeah, the biggest piece about retention is that monthly meeting and um, checking back on their primary goal. A lot of coaches like, to just, all right, let's just check your weight and all right, talk to me about how we're eating and then see you later. It's an hour sit down, reestablishing what we talked about the last meeting and Hey, what pieces are we moving forward? And then I also added in with more clients, I get less contact. So I do a weekly check-in as well through the app they fill out by themselves on a certain day of the week.
4: Yeah. 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 I love, I love the check-ins. I think it's huge. And using the metrics, like you said, you guys use to, uh, show they are improving, getting healthier, getting fitter, and not just the fitness piece, but everything else, which is awesome. Yeah. Now Mitchell with with like the individual approach, man, are you able to do any events to kind of make it to build that community within, within your OPEX gym?
5: Yeah, that's the plan. Um, As my revenue comes, like I'm starting to actually make money in this month and next month. So the plan is to reinvest into some um, events outside of the gym. Well, we we have like five to eight people at max in a workout. So everybody's getting to know each other. And like I said, there's layered referrals. So it's always kind of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. They know somebody that knows somebody in the gym already. Um, So we're planning some events um, here at the end of July. And somewhere towards the end of the summer and into the next school year where we're going to do once monthly um, hangouts with all the members.
4: Yeah, I always found those go, you know, long way with retention and building community and people making friends and yeah, those stay longer guaranteed, man. So, yeah, yeah I, love I this.
5: Want, like my 5 a.m. people to meet my 7 p.m. people. Yeah, exactly. You know, cross paths. I want I want them to share their experience and more love comes yeah. from them.
4: training in the same place. We have the same coach, you know, like awesome if we can connect they that. all talk mess about the coach yeah exactly right and am <laughs> the great, worst person yeah. at the
5: party when all my clients are there yeah exactly
4: exactly so uh, which is a terrific man now so i know the model is already i want to say higher ticket right than your traditional like group group training so uh, but maybe lower ticket than uh, if you're just doing a one on one like you said it's your it's your old space so like yeah. are there ways that you guys can ascend members uh, so they are spending more money on top of that regular membership
5: yeah so with the conversation of starting somebody, we talk programming and longevity in yeah. the programming and I build a year macro cycle that, that I discuss with them during that first consult after they've done, after they've done their physical assessment, I can then program for them. And through that programming conversation, I'm like, here's our, here's our year outlook. and you usually get saucerized. Like how much is that going to cost me? It's like, right. we're going to do that on a monthly basis and we're going to adjust where we need to, yeah. but we're going to commit for these 12 months. And we're going to put the work in. So let's put a commitment down and let's put a contract in it. And so everybody signs up with a 12 month contract. And whenever we're moving towards the next year, the conversation just goes to hey, to renew this, we're not going to do a sign up fee. We're just going to bump you up 10% or whatever we determine at that time. That's going to help build the revenue after. Yeah, I do like that.
4: So you guys, yeah,
5: Yeah, like I'm going to commit a year to you. You commit a year to me. At the end of that year, let's have a new discussion on where we want to move forward. And, um, what I hear, I haven't gone through that yet, obviously, cause I'm in my first year, yeah. but I'm getting a lot of information and mentorship through sure, other OPEX owners on how to approach that conversation at the beginning and at the end of the 12 month contract.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think contracts add accountability for both parties, for us as coaches and for the client. Right. And then, um, yeah, I'm all for a yearly increase. Uh, you know, everything else goes up, you know, of course, doing a good job. We should too. Now you said you guys do, you do like an initial uh, getting started fee for lack of better words.
5: Um, that, that depends on the client. Most of them will sign up with the membership after the first initial consultation and they're ready to pay monthly. Got Um, people that don't know me as well, say they're a referral of a referral. They do what's called our, uh, experience program, which is just four weeks at the slightly discounted price of 300 normal membership price is 325. They pay 300 for four weeks as a trial that's no. not going to lock them into a contract. So they get to opt out after that four weeks, yeah. which nobody has yet, thankfully.
4: Yeah. How, now, how do you guys So, like, I know we're doing some hard movements sometimes. How does that initial like getting started process work where say I just coming off the street and I, yeah. I have no idea what the hell's going on, I, like uh, how to do a split squat or you know what have you, kettlebell swing. How All do right. you uh, walk those new clients, Mitchell, through that process?
5: Yeah. uh, That's the three assessment process that OPEX built Um, that made me fall in love with the OPEX process because I was always rushed through sales at corporate clubs where it's like, no, you got to sell them in 30 minutes and get them to their coach, like get them out. Uh, But the 90 minute consultation is more about lifestyle and schedule and like what we need to improve upon and what their priorities are. And then linking those priorities to the goals. But when you get to the assessment phase, the actual physical assessment, it's a body move and work is what we call it. So the body is getting body fat percentage um, and linking that to their nutrition and what their goal is there and making sure they're just at a healthy weight and what the healthy weight would be. And then we do move, which is a movement assessment of just set movements that I have for everybody that are very basic. Like how good are we getting to overhead position? Um, What are our issues in squatting? Are we, our hips off balance? Um, There's pretty simple movements and then core stability. uh, We test as well. So side plank, front plank, reverse plank, Um, once those movements are all down, we can easily link that into programming and go, okay, these are the things we're going to start with. And then we'll layer on top of those skills. Um, and you know, like owning a CrossFit gym in the past, I'm sure you've seen like deadlift links into cleans and snatches, right? Like you make those through lines through programming over time, which is simple to do if you're doing it at a very consistent basis. But then we do a work assessment, which is a 10 minute assault bike test that nobody likes. Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) 10 minute uh max calories and i i give little instruction um i just tell them like here's how the bike works here's what muscles were working and i don't want to tell them how they should feel i don't want to tell them what the goal is anything like that i'm at that point just observing yeah how they attack that workout because if somebody goes like i'm just going to chill here the whole time like we've have no concept of what their endurance is right they just Right, right 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 And then you've got the meat heads that like crush the first two minutes and then die. Yeah. For the next eight. Yep, yep. And so that, that observation, not necessarily how many calories they get. I do get some information of like, okay, what was their average wattage and their max wattage and how many calories they got? That's the, you know, the BS information you don't really need. What you really need is how they mentally and physically attack the workout.
4: Yeah. That's yeah. definitely, I don't think there's a better test than putting somebody no. on a salt bike for 10 minutes, man. Like, uh, yeah, it will definitely measure where their mindset is at and their mentality and yes. effort a thousand percent. Right. Yeah.
5: yeah. And uh, rarely do you see somebody completely blow out a hundred percent right on an air bike test unless they're very experienced. Yeah. Um but that's why we do the test is to see where their mindset is with um cardiovascular. Yeah, I, mean. is, right.
4: I remember my first time on on a assault bike. I, I have the echo bike nowadays, but uh yeah, same same, same idea, pretty hellish, you know, like ten yeah. minutes, we're not used to that. Yeah, hello. You're gonna but I mean yeah for mindset yeah, you know, I, like
5: bike, I like it but it, it it's my favorite test outside the yeah. movement um just because little to no experience with most people that join a gym on how to attack their cardiovascular system and we set them into a good rhythm after that test and it's really fun to see
4: awesome man i love it and uh so last couple of questions for you michael with uh we kind of touching this already but like the biggest opportunity you're looking to seize on here in the next six months to a year is getting to that that client number, right? Is that the main thing? Your, what's your sole focus right there?
5: Yeah, sole focus is 40 to 50 members. Um, after that is going to be growing more coaches and better coaches. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the focus is getting there with autonomous clients and little friction within the business. So a lot of it's just practicing. Yeah. Am I able to do the volume right, <laughs> right. right. Um, through this next year? And so, by the end of this year, um, I'm meeting that goal, and then we're gonna move on to developing better coaches after that with growing clientele as
4: yeah. well. yeah now, with your with your space, um two thousand square feet, are you ever gonna foresee a place where you have to move to a bigger space or are you are you gonna want to stay in this size?
5: A hundred percent. yeah. Um, I wanted to sign a three year lease, um ended up with a five year lease. Um so we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna play some fun games, but I have. Uh, I have a friend that owns a gym actually like across the highway nice. um, and he operates with 80 clients in half the space so i'm pretty okay. confident <laughs> with his experience yeah he can kind of i can kind of steal some tricks with him and how he fits all of his members in because he runs yeah. a similar type model to opex okay visual okay. design so the goal is to move uh, into twice the amount of square footage yeah. but um with real estate is now i'm kind of happy i signed five years
4: yeah, I think you're in a good spot, man. I think it's gonna be, a, yeah. I, think, I think the next two years at least, uh, gonna be uh, a, a ride, interesting yes. for sure. So, yeah, yeah, I think- Hopefully uh, you get
5: to catch it on the downturn again. Um,
4: exactly, yeah, yeah. I think you timed it well here. So yeah, I wouldn't move if you didn't have to right now for uh, a little bit, especially but- uh, the
5: Commercial real estate after COVID, I, I think we caught it at the right time yeah, um, when we did,
4: but- Agreed, agreed, yeah. agreed, man, which is, timing's big, Our Timing is uh, a bit of success, especially initially it's huge. I'm going
5: to talk about opening up after COVID. Like my buddy that I talked about, he yeah. opened a year before. So,
4: right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Timing is everything, right. Especially in this game. So, uh, yeah, Mitchell, I appreciate you, man, coming on today. I think it's a perfect place to wrap this up. Where can listeners check you out? OPEX San Antonio. Where can we find your website, social media, all that good stuff? Uh,
5: OPEX.SA on Instagram, um, Facebook, OPEX San Antonio, and as well as OPEXSanAntonio.com. Um, Is where I have everybody reach out for consultations, all my personal information is on there to reach out. Um, Don't blow my phone too much, but yeah, Mm -hmm. come on at me if you're in San Antonio. And uh, if you're a coach in the area as well, I always love to help other coaches in the business, no matter where they're at. So um, the pulse on all the coaching in San Antonio. and like to build that community too.
4: Yeah, that's an awesome thing to do. I love it, man. I'll give you guys a follow here once we get off. But uh, Mitchell, thanks so much, brother. Wish you the best of luck, man. Thank you. You too, awesome. Thank you. You got it. Uh, listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Zach Lucas of Fit Nation. Zach, what's going on, sir? How are you today?
6: I'm great, man. This is a great Wednesday. Ready to rock.
3: Yeah. Can't start a day better than a nice little podcast getting to talk about the baby that you created. Here we are. Fit Nation is is obviously the crux of our conversation today. For people who aren't yet familiar with the branding or the business, give us a quick rundown. What is FitNation? What is this about?
6: So Fit Nation, yeah, we're a boutique studio. We fall into the boutique space, F45, OTF, CrossFit, you know, boutique. And we derived our product from a training one-on-one experience where most trainers, when you meet our clients, when they meet a trainer, um, They really are looking for what we would call complete personal training. So we're a group training concept. Most of our members work within groups of four, small groups of four and a larger group of up to 40. Our our large classes could be up to 40. Um, A little bit different is that we program from the moment they walk in, they meet a coach. So every single member sits down, meets with a coach, and then they are put into one of four programs called learn, active, build, or burn. So it's called lab programming. Um, that member is then programmed their macros. So if they're a burn customer, they'll be in a, de- a deficit, of course. If they're a build, they'll be in a build program, a caloric sur- surplus and a nutrient surplus. And then their loads, their reps, their sets, heart rate monitors, technology, our in-body, all of their technology that's set up for their workouts are designed around lab, learn, active, build, burn. Uh, We put them on the in-body machine. We get starting measurements, just like you would if you were a personal trainer. So very different than a lot of group training companies. I just get started, I walk in, I work out. That doesn't happen at FitNation. They come here and we treat them just like a personal training client. We do PARQs, injury reports. Um, And then they're put into that program. And every single month we follow up that appointment with learn active builder burn, what we call a reprogram. And they get 30 minutes with the coach. We put them back on inbody. We see their results. We reprogram their nutrition, we program their macros. Um, so overall we're a complete personal training program that has just figured out a way to, to group learn active builder burns together in a large group training setting. And the coaches are watching heart rate monitors, we're watching loads, we're watching reps, we're watching sets, Um, we, we, We consider ourselves a little bit more on the personal training side as they're running around the room. We're watching the five points of the kinetic chain and fit stands for functionally intense interval training. So we revise the hit to take. Yes, we want it high. Yes, we want intervals and yes, we want to train them, but most importantly function and form first if they're not moving correctly. Um, then we've got we'll have some problems later down the road, right? And especially as we inc- increase intensity and in the intervals uh, that somebody might be working with. So um, it's coach led class, but we really tried to keep as much of the one on one basics that we could. Uh, and of course, it's super fun, uh, right? The F always stands for fun, and uh, in group training, what more can you have? What more can you ask for for that culture of fun? You know?
3: Yeah, and so the real differentiator for for personal training has always been that personalized nature you've just found a way to scale and apply that in a more group setting to be able to help a a greater crowd of people than you would if it was one-on-one traditionally take us back zach i want to i want to hear a little bit about how this whole thing got started when did the idea spark in your head not the day that we opened the doors when did the idea spark in your head we can make this business a reality? And, and how long was that from idea to doors opening concept readiness?
6: Yeah, it's interesting because we were always one-on-one companies, one-on-one, one-on-one. We pushed all the way from my 10 years at 24 hour to pure fitness, seven years. We were one-on-one. When the crash in the market happened in about 2008-9, the recession came, we started to notice a decrease in one-on-one training rapidly, rapidly. And so one of the trainers at our, uh, I was the vice president of the company, one of the trainers recognized like, what if I put together like this Metcon class, just metabolic conditioning. That was the original thing that he did. And um long story short, Metcon started saving people at like 99 bucks a month rather than what they were paying 50, 60, 70 bucks an hour. And we just started to have to move equipment out of the gym. It was a normal gym, just, just like move the, the treadmills and move stuff around to make this open space. And as that space grew, it eventually grew into the basketball court. And then we were like, hey, well, what a basketball pay they pay 29 these guys are paying 99 like the financials made sense to go hey no more basketball we're going to make this group training room, and we sold that company, and one of the guys that was there along with my partner that was at the at the owner pure fitness. They went into business and they they created a a group training concept. And it was kind of before the big guys that, I mean, CrossFit was crushing it at the time, but we saw us as a competition to them because we kept, we've always decided to keep our one-on-one roots. We've always decided that the other 23 hours a day of a member's life matters more than the three to four hours they're going to see me. So even if I go to one of the other big bot or big chain boutiques, all they do is work me out and I leave. Work me out and I leave. What's the macro conversations? How much protein am I getting? What, what is my what are my actual results? And so what we realize is that member lifetime value, that person stays shorter and shorter and shorter, especially if I come in next door. <laughs> Because they realize they pay the same price for me. I'm the same price point as all my competitors. The only difference is I'm going to give way more. It's this giving mentality of recognizing the real true way that people get to their fitness results is not just through exercise, cardio, and resistance training. It's really through a lifestyle change. That's yeah. mentality. That's that's their consciousness. That's their food choices. It's all of it, right? And so we didn't want to lose who we were. So that's where that's where this business started. Uh, we ended up building a couple locations there. Uh, my partner there wanted to stick with his one, and and um, I wanted to go change the world. Yeah. And that's what as, we- that's As what partners partnerships out.
3: usually go- sort of diverging of mindsets at least so here we are right business has has certainly grown since that time three locations currently what's the what's the vision here what's what's the big picture you say change the world give me some specifics here zach
6: yeah, so our we believe that Fit Nation is definitely a franchisable product. We're still in the proof of concept phase. My partners and I will probably do ten to twelve stores. We have three under construction. Again, more right now. We look for new sites every day in in the right markets. Um, so we'll have six up open by the end of the year. Uh, 10 to twelve, maybe maybe even fifteen corporate stores. We do a very unique model where the general managers of our store can buy in shares from the very beginning or they can earn vesting of our shares and become uh-huh. partners with us in ownership. So, um, we really look for people that want to run their own business, you know, like entrepreneurs and treat it like their own. So um, that's our goal. Our goal is 12, 15, 20. At that point in time, we would either be looking at franchising, which we franchised our last business after about 40 or 50 locations. Um I know some go a lot less and then they franchise. For us, it's a lot. I think we were really thinking of 10 to 12 stores, corporate stores, and then start to franchise or we'll invite VC money in. And, and at that point in time, let let them decide the nature of the business for the future sure. and how they would like to grow it. Sure.
3: So up, up in the air, but leaning towards franchise route, at least as I'm understanding it. Yeah. Walk me through sort of the the growth trajectory here. Obviously... In a short amount of time, we've been able to get to at least three and and a handful under construction. And so that suggests to me that we have a fairly decent acquisition process in place. What's the marketing been like? Where are we putting our dollars in order to attract new leads and, and eventually members?
6: Yeah, good point. So when we do a pre-sale, we our goal is to open with five hundred members within the first thirty days. So we fell short a little bit of that in our first, our last two, just due to I think. Covid, And then there was a second wave of it, of course, right when we were opening our second one where we just couldn't get away from that, uh, that COVID mark. So we're sitting more closer to grand opening, more like 350. Um, sure. 400 is, is our minimum number for, I mean, well, we pay our bills way earlier than that, but 400 is our financial number, 500 is our sweet spot. So is we, that capacity
3: for the locations?
6: You know, some of them 400 is, uh, some of our studios are very big. So right now my, my largest is 5,400, but I'm in the process of building a 9,000 and a 7,000 square foot club where we'll, we'll, where I've designed about a thousand to 2,000 square feet of that to be one-on-one training as well. So that we have a lot more, um, a little bit more space outside group training. So like in the studio behind me, if 40 people show up, there's nowhere to one-on-one train. It's all yeah, dedicated yeah, yeah. to group training. So with our larger locations, with recovery zones and cryo and bringing in, you know, um, uh, TheraGuns and, and just a lot of the, the compression chairs, we're going to start our overall love and is overall wellness, right? Taking care of people on both ends. And so it's not just killing them in a workout, it's helping them recover with nutrition, food, and recovery items. So yeah. um So yeah, our goal, um, our marketing is we usually spend up to $10,000 a month for the first three to four months. We tell everybody in the market who we are, what we're doing. That's through paid sponsored ads. You know, a lot of it is obviously social. That's paid off very, very well through Instagram and Facebook. Um, We do have hired a little bit more targeted companies for direct mail. I thought direct mail was dead. I have relearned. Still viable, yeah. It's probably not as long as you can get the data that you need and the households that you need for the potential members, and do a little bit more specifically direct neighborhood um, and lookalikes to who your members are. And then radio, TV ads will do a lot in the markets. We do a lot um, if there's beer fest, if there's you know just just local. We'll we'll spend up ten thousand dollars a month. We usually back it down to closer to four to five as a running facility
3: after opening. And,
6: After opening and we'll spread that mostly we still focus on a lot of the Instagram, Facebook, as of now, it's been paying off. You know, we change with the times we hire out for those sources. Although I do a lot with the marketing advertising, advertising, um, we have three different companies that we work with one for actually handling the, the social media, con- the, the, the ads we have, uh, we pay a company to actually manage my social media organic pages too, because uh-huh. believe it or not, I mean, they're just specialty items. They're badass at doing it. Right. And we, we have, um, set up systems to get them content every single day that they're posting our manager still posts some content, but so we do. Obviously, uh, marketing advertising through an agency, um, it's something that we don't, we wouldn't take on on our own at all.
1: Yep.
3: And so, oh, a number of sources, right? Any conversation that we have about marketing needs to rely on the fact that it's not one tool, right? We have multiple tools in the toolkit to accomplish the job. And social media is a huge part of that. To your point, direct mail, still a viable source, finding some efficacy there organic social has been a big push for you we have all of these different sources when somebody reaches out to you interested we've got a lead what is the typical sales process you you sort of alluded to it already they come in they've got this full-on assessment that happens but how are we getting them in how are we getting them scheduled and who are they meeting with throughout that process
6: yeah so we we require um we build a lot of urgency with our appointments and and we require 30-minute onboarding sessions so right now we run a seven-day pass as the hook we, we we have no problems with people coming and trying out our product i know a lot of companies try a one day or a two day we have no problems proving to our our members who we are i would say that 80 percent of those people flip on what we call an fbi first visit incentive we got a we get a, a big hook seven-day pass And then we do huge incentives to start off because our member lifetime value is really long. So we're okay with the cost to acquire being relatively equal, up and equal to a month of 150 to 200 bucks. I have no problem paying 200 bucks to get a member that's going to pay me 1,800, right? So it sounds like member either drops into our, our landing pages or through social media our, our goal was in within five to 10 minutes, they're on the phone, text, email, some form through our CRM, and, they're, and we're communicating with them, right? We know the studies that show up to a 900% increase in um, conversion if we're literally talking to that person within five minutes of the lead coming in. So we're... All of our general managers, including me as the owner, we all get hit with a ding-ding, somebody just uh, reached out, right? Whether it's a TI, we have telephone inquiry, we have sales process. We are tight on our sales processes, especially as we've learned that our goal is to grow and to scale. In order to scale, it has to be replicatable and it has to be replicatable fast. So we have our systems that they would, uh, uh, automated system that is managed. We use a company called VFP virtual fitness planner, all of that is automated. That member gets an email and a text immediately saying we'll be reaching out. And then um, they can book online. Of course, they could book their seven day pass online as well. Um, we send that that in um, that link. Um, but we do require a 30 minute onboarding session so that we can talk about what our studio is, show them our studio, walk through their ailments, you know, a park you, walk through you know who we are um at at that point usually it's also booked with a follow-up workout so we're always trying to book that workout we close eight out of ten on if they try our class yeah we're about
3: 50 to 60 assuming that they're going to convert from their schedule right in the second one yeah
6: yep yep so we really want to convert about 50 percent ideally Um, of the members we we talk to into a book show close you know book show appointment and then if they actually try our class we're about eight out of ten right now so um conversion overall if we get you know 100 125 leads which is our goal for the month you know 40 to 50 members some of our studios do up to 66 obviously this is a this is a mature club not a grand opening grand opening can be way more than that of course But yeah, our overall conversion, if we get a lead, you know, 30 to 40%. So we need about 125 leads a month and we work those sources backwards from there. So if Instagram gives me 30, Facebook gives me 40, you know, Google AdWords gives me 20, 30, then we've got 50 to make up through referrals, on sites, corporates, you know, uh, the local schools, community, whatever.
3: With all of this being said, Zach, uh, in in the... Sales and marketing funnel analogy here, lead gen up at the top. Like we already covered much of what you do there. We've got a number of sources. The nurture process, it sounds like somewhat automated and a little bit manual with genuine human interaction built in there. Sales process, you say dialed in, cleaning up as many inefi- or as many efficiencies as we can to convert eight out of 10 for you as you look at that acquisition process where do you think you do have room for improvement or where where is your focus on on building a better machine here moving forward
6: yeah i mean we could get better at at scaling, we recently—well, uh, first of all, we recently let go of the the Instagram, Facebook company, our social company. We really just felt like the content they were putting out was not in alignment with our brand, and we just fought over it for months and months and months. And uh, and then eventually, we just found the conversion rate to be extremely low, considering we're pretty good at at sales. We're, we're our teams are really good. Um, I, I say we we could grow at um, people people post COVID uh-huh. and hiring, training and developing and getting the right people into the business, um, that understands the sales process, but want to do that sales process that want to get somebody on the phone and talk to them about overall health, wellness and fitness. Right. Um, we could always get better at that. And I would just say the overall content. Joe, I mean, it's just not, it has not, It we get from inside of our studio, we provide a lot of the content, but what gets shown out in the social media world, I can't even tell you how many times I've called my company and say, stop those ads. That is, that does not rep- represent my brands. You know, it's one time a guy jumping on a, a box jump that was like 37 and 38 inches high. I'm like, well, 70% of my females join my club and they probably are horrified to see a box jump so it's yeah, not helping <laughs> you wouldn't want i mean to even tell a marketing company that is is like this is an absolute waste you don't know anything about what we yeah. do like that's not yeah. you know it's, uh, so i think we can get better with that for sure
3: yeah I, I think you're not alone i think the the world of of marketing agencies whether it's a fitness agency or not has to connect with The story that you're trying to tell as a business, right? Good marketing should turn people away just as often as it does pull the right people in. And to your point, if we're attracting the wrong kind of person and not attracting the actual person that we want, we're going to run into some trouble here down the road. So an interesting conversation. I think hiring and staffing is a rabbit hole that could take us in another entire interview oh here. So we'll, uh, we'll yeah. save that for another conversation, Zach. But here,
6: here's one thing though. I would tell you. Here's one thing i tell you that we get better at. We could get better at learning from our marketing and advertising company, what's hot. What what's working, right? What social media? We don't like what videos they need. You want testimonials, great. We'll shoot that testimonial, right? What do you want that testimonials say? What what is the buzzwords in there that's that's firing post COVID, right? Like is it is it like we don't know. We're 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 most of my we have experience in book show clothes selling PT and coaching selling clients. They get in here. It's how do we get them to see our ad? Respond to the stuff going out, the, the sales process, and then again, once they're in there, we got them. We got. We need. We would probably need more help with our content going out to tell the story of Fit Nation better. I, I find that it's. Um, it, we we haven't nailed that down yet.
3: Yeah, but I think that's why not you guys, but fitness in general is so just generally jaded by the idea of outsourcing advertising because you think that you're paying for good data, this information that is going to help you and take you to the next level, but fitness is ever-changing, especially post-COVID. The rules of the game are totally different, And, and so what works now is far and vastly different than what worked 2019, 2018, 2010 in the heyday of Facebook ads, getting $5 leads. So an interesting conversation nonetheless. Zach, I, I want to I explore, you already sort of gave us a, an idea of where this business is trending, potentially the franchise route, potentially the VC route. But here, give me a, give me a little bit more short-term. You mentioned 10 to 12 stores kind of being that decision point What's the timeline of that? When do you think you'll be at that? Here's where we need to make a choice.
6: Yeah, I think I'll have these three open by um, just January 1st. So 2023, we'll be at six. By the end of 2023, December, going into 2024, we'll probably be at least at nine, possibly 10. We have a lot of other sites that we we currently own. Like I, I think we talked about, was my partner owns about 5 million square feet of real estate. Yeah. And- we, we aren't limited by the, the locations. I would tell you that we are FitNation is limited by people. We, we have really slowed the brakes recognizing that if it was me running every store, we'd be at 500, 600, no problem, right? You walk into a studio, you've got it. It just yep. boom, 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 here's the phone calls, here's a member, high five and let's go teach class, right? Like, But it, we are limited by people. The true challenge, and, we need
3: to find a way to clone you is,
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> well
6: isn't that isn't that really leadership right like yeah. so i have i have um and i did it a lot better at big box gyms what i and owning my own studios what i am finding is that you with only six seven eight employees max right like we actually have four or five coaches some are part-time some are full-time a general manager a head coach you know you the culture of that store can be really, really good, but it can go bad fast. And if you're not there, right, you're not the owner. I actually recently just did a podcast talking about growth and how we grew the 50, 60 stores. Well, we grew them because we were deep. I mean, we could pull from internal and they had our culture. And when I built my next one, it was cookie cutter. They, They had our culture. They bled our business, our brand. Um, starting a brand new company, we have some of that culture, but we're also building, we didn't decide to cluster in like where I'm at in the Phoenix market. I didn't cluster 10 stores here. I have Flagstaff, California, Montana up. I'm building Boise, Albuquerque, and Vancouver. So we, we have been able to pull some of our GMs and move, but the multiplication, duplication process to go cold into a brand new location where nobody knows who Fit Nation is, um, the people depth chart is what's slowing Fit Nation down. It yeah. will, we'll, we'll pick it up. So once we, a slow get, burn, I think I think. Yeah. Once we yeah. get to a little bit more six, seven stores, and we've got some assistant managers, we've got some assistant coaches, then we'll start being able to pluck and move a little faster. And the other thing about the 10 to 12 locations that'll pick it up faster is we've decided to stick within those markets. So now we'll start clustering like our California store. We're building 15 miles away. So we already Not have enough. our DM okay. that will pre-sale that store ready to go. Yeah. So we're so going we'll pick it up. Yeah, we'll pick it up. And then as we obviously go to franchising, we'll sell, you know, locations across the country that, that other studio owners might want to say, Hey, thanks for going through the pain of building the first 12. And, yeah. and then I just want to, and we already have, so we already have a, a, a laundry list of people that is saying, how do I buy a fit nation? How do I build a fit nation? Uh, We're just not there yet. We're just not there without, without building a corporate store that they are somehow involved in. um, We're not, we're not there yet.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's a a tremendously exciting conversation. I think we caught you right at the perfect time to to pick your brain on a lot of these things because they're, they're still in the works, but very much momentum generated. So Zach, that's a, that's a fantastic place for us to start to wrap this conversation up for people looking to learn a little bit more about fit nation in general. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can we send people?
0: Yeah.
6: FitNation.com, simple, simple website. And then Instagram and Facebook. Um, we actually use the location. So Fit fit nation, flagstaff, fit nation, Eldorado Hills, um, and I always remind people to use two eyes because fit is not F-I-T. It's F-I-I-T. Uh-huh. So, yeah.
3: F-I-I-T. Make sure. So everybody listening yeah. today, connect with Zach and, and the Fit Nation team on the platforms that you just mentioned. Zach, I, I tremendously appreciate your willingness to contribute here and, and share a little bit of the insight into what's going well, but also where we're still working. So I can't thank you enough for your time. I wish you nothing but the best in this expansion. And, and it sounds like you still have plenty of fire left in you. So we'll certainly be watching from the sidelines.
6: Absolutely. Thank you.
3: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always,